All right, everybody, welcome in to another edition of the Catamount Chronicles, the UVM podcast that brings you closer to the action than you ever thought you could be inside Catamount country. This is episode number 12, or as I call it, season two, episode number four. Our guest is going to be former UVM men's basketball broadcaster Sam Hyman, who is now the broadcaster for Division II Wingate University down south. So we'll talk to him in a second. As always, the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Strike Zone Academy in Essex Junction, just off Susie Wilson Road. If you're looking to expand your baseball skills this offseason, look no further than the Strike Zone Academy in Essex Junction. They're using all the top, and I'm talking all of the top technological advances in baseball. Everything you hear about on Major League Broadcast, they're using. Hit tracks, Rapsodo, things you don't even know what they are, they are using, and they're getting the most out of players inside Chittenden County and beyond Addison County, Franklin County, over uh, as far um, West is Plattsburgh. People are coming over as well. So Dan and his staff do a great job. Strikes on the Academy and Essex Junction. Also, Buffalo Wild Wings in South Burlington. Their motto is Wings Beer Sports. And why Why would you have any other motto as we have a football weekend approaching us? So available for pickup and delivery, 802-489-5083. 802-489-5083. College football Saturday, NFL football Sunday as I tape this Celtics still alive in the Eastern Conference Finals so you can go watch all the sports Buffalo Wild Wings and a catamount Aaron Miller one of the owners there help him out too and finally Sobu Stretch Yoga Meditation Studio off Shelburne Road in South Burlington also they've been adding all new classes for the fall season both virtually and in person I've done a virtual class it worked out excellent for me I felt great I'm the most inflexible person in the world but I felt good after that session and it certainly helped uh, center me and relax me as well. So give them a visit as well. Thanks all of our sponsors. Now let's get to our guest. We'll welcome him in. It is Sam Hyman. Sam, thanks for being with us, man. How are you? Brady, I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. It's been, it's been a, a, a wild year uh, for sure. 2020 has, has brought challenges across the, the entire world. And uh, I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm rocking the, 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 the Vermont polo today. I miss Vermont. I, I miss Vermont so much. I miss uh, Burlington. And I want to give a quick shout out to Skylar Nash, who has started the UVM student athletes of color affinity group. Like what he's doing is unbelievable. So just quick shout out to him. And then uh, I also want to encourage people out there to vote. It is a, it is a big election year. So things are, I know, I know how, you know, we asked this question, right? How things, how are we doing? Yeah. And the quick answer is good. But my answer in, in 2020 is is OK. And, and yeah. I think it's, you know, at, at this point in time, it is OK for us to, you know, say that we're doing just OK. So I, I am I'm thrilled, though, to be on with you. Well, appreciate you joining us. You two years as the UVM basketball broadcaster. Your two years here were my first two years here as well. And the Cats had a great run while you were here. I believe 31-1 and in conference play the two years you were here. You took them to the NCAA tournament for the game against Purdue. Um, you were also there for the heartbreaking loss against UMBC at Patrick Jim. So uh, you had a good two-year run, though, overall in Catamount country. Yeah, it was uh... – it was crazy. And I, I was just out of school. I, I had just graduated from Syracuse in 2016 and I actually was hired as the, the women's basketball radio announcer. And then huh. in, in the weeks, did you know that by the way? I did not know that. You did not know that. Okay. So yeah, I was, I was originally hired as the, the women's uh, basketball announcer and shout out to one of my good friends, Kevin Fitzgerald, who I used to work with in Columbia, South Carolina. He, he helped me get in touch with, uh, 
Nick Hall and Alistair Ingram uh, yeah. over at UVM, and I and I took the job as the women's basketball radio announcer, and then found out that the the men's uh, radio announcer at the time, AJ Cannell, was leaving, and and uh, I found myself with with an opportunity to to call uh, Vermont men's basketball, and it was it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I basically walked walked into a team that had high expectations that, that went to the NCAA tournament. My, my first year went 16 and 0 first team in America East history to post a 16 and 0 record in conference play. I mean, it, it was, it was an unbelievable experience and just to be around the, the players and the coaches, uh, coach Becker, his entire staff, it was, it was unbelievable. And I'm forever thankful for the opportunity that I, that I was given. All of the UVM broadcasters, you and Jake Marsh, had to come clean, annoyed the hell out of me during those seasons. Because only for one reason, though. I like you both personally. You and I talk off air a bunch now. But the most annoying question in the world is one that you and Jake Marsh both ask. Do you know what that question is, Sam? Uh, no. I, I Well, I will once you tell me. So... <laughs> there, you know, look, picture picture Brady Farkas in the years that you're doing this. So I'm there at the radio station, 9 a.m., do a show until 6.30 p.m. Okay. Then <laughs> the game happens, 6.30 to 9.30. I've been there for 12 hours, and your question is immediately, hey, send me over the game file so I have the recording, which takes like 14 minutes to send over and make me stay there even longer. There is no worse feeling for me than hearing you or Jake Marsh tell me, hey, send over the game file, would you? I haven't been here for 12 hours yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's, uh, you know, that's when you know, I was I was fresh out of college at the time, very eager to to listen back to my work, critique it, get feedback <laughs> from it. So that's that's why I did that. I probably could have waited until the next day. But uh, listen, we're, we're all we're all super eager right out of school to just get feedback, get get, you know, advice on our work right right from the start you know i thought you were a good broadcaster right away when you came in i thought you were much much better even the second year and then i've heard some of your work at wingate in years in years subsequently and you've gotten even better how have you changed as a broadcaster in you know the last four years yeah uh you know it's been it's been a, a crazy ride i think when i started out first when i was in school i, I was strictly radio i was strictly focused mm. on uh, crafting myself as a radio play-by-play announcer. I worked at two student radio stations at, at Syracuse WAR and Z89, and uh, it was all radio. And Vermont, same thing, all radio. I did a couple of uh, video interviews just using a, you know, my little my little cell phone here and, and yeah. cropped with a, a tripod and did some post-game interviews with some of the, the student athletes at, while at Wingate and, and posted it on my own social media page. But I think w- one of the biggest differences – from from then when we met in 2016 to now is uh, the the versatility. I I have been able to do so much while I've been at Wingate. I started out really just trying to get my feet wet with uh, calling games on television on ESPN three the the stream, yeah. And adjusting to that, adjusting to me talking less, me opening up to my to my analyst a lot more and having time for that as opposed to really describing everything, right? Because as a radio announcer, you, you've got to be all hands on deck and making sure that you're you're on top of the plays, you're on top of the moment, you're you're building the excitement level at a at, at times that are needed. So I think the the moment that I got to wing it, I realized that I had 
an opportunity where I was uh, not just working for one team, right? Mm. I, I have called several different sports, volleyball, women's soccer, women's lacrosse, basketball, you know, the whole, the whole nine. And one thing I've learned is the, the ability to not only call the games, right? Because I, I had a dream when I was playing basketball in the cul-de-sac, talking to myself, I wanted, I wanted to call games. I, I wanted to call games, but I have quickly realized how important it is to do other things. And so I think that one of the big, biggest differences is that I am uh, very dedicated towards video editing, content creation. Uh, that's one thing that has been huge at Wingate. I've voluntarily, sort of, so to speak, expanded my role in the sense that I am conducting interviews, uh, creative interviews, sit-down interviews, walk-in talks uh, in front of the camera, behind the camera. For example, I, I edited a, a volleyball video where our seniors were given a letter from their parents uh, for senior mm -hmm. day and had them read the letter just for the first time and got them on camera doing that. So those type of those type of videos uh, that are that are super captivating and such. So that's that's been one of the biggest differences is just diversifying myself as, as a, a broadcaster and just as a, as a content creator in general. How did you know you wanted to be a broadcaster? Cause I remember, you know, and I'm sure you did this too, because everybody who I feel like anyone who's between 18 and 35 now probably did this. I used to mute my video games and announce the video games while I was playing. Like, and I knew I, my original goal was to do play by play. And I would just play game after game and announce them to myself and read the stats from the video game that it would provide you. Like, how did you, when did you know? Well, uh, I alluded to it a, a moment ago, Brady, and, and it was really when I was in elementary school and middle school, when I, uh, I, I was outside in my cul-de-sac playing yeah. basketball and talking to myself. Okay. It wasn't necessarily, I, I wasn't muting the television and calling games. That's, that's, I, that's something that I've heard, but I was physically outside playing basketball and I was talking to myself. I was doing like sports center highlights and, <laughs> and things like that. And I would always get so nervous, right. When, uh, when, a, a neighbor would, would walk outside <laughs> and, and, you know, I quickly quiet my voice and, and, realize like why why in the world would it, why would a neighbor think that i'm talking like why am i talking to my <laughs> so, I, so i uh that's when i realized it and then when i was in middle school on career day i was like one of three people to be sent to a radio station that uh, at the time i believe was the home of the lynchburg hillcats the this the advanced day affiliate at the time yeah. of the atlanta braves and uh so i i got a connection there and was able to sit in the, the broadcast booth with the, the radio announcer at the time, Scott Bacon. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it started in the cul-de-sac where I knew I wanted to build excitement for a, a sporting event and then uh, went from there. You know, I was always talking to myself in the driveway also, but I was always, I was always the announcer, but I was always, like, playing against my rival. Whoever my rival was in real life at the time, like, I was in sixth grade, I had a rival. I was in eighth grade, I had a rival. I was in high school, I had a rival. It was always me one-on-one -on -one with that rival and announcing me taking the final shot and hopefully making it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't necessarily – I wouldn't say I had a rival, so to speak. Uh, but uh, I think, like, one of the things that was funny is I actually have a buddy from from back in high school. His name is David Barney, and 
he uh, he told me that he told me this the other day. We were just talking about it. How we we created these fake names, these fake names, and huh. and basically did uh, you know did a game, play, played one on one, and used the fake names and, and talked throughout the course of of the of the one on one action wow. in the sack. I mean, it's I, I wish I could go back and find the list of, of names that we created because it was very, it was so unique. I, I never thought that I would be retelling this type of story where, you know, we created these names, we created a game, we played one-on-one in the cul-de-sac and lo and behold, it was uh, a broadcast, like a, you know, a, a very low key broadcast. You know, I don't think I still have it and I wish I did, but you're probably a little too young to have watched this as much as I didn't appreciate it. They do it now again on ESPN plus, but did you ever watch NFL primetime with Tom Jackson and Chris Berman on ESPN? I did. Yes, I did watch that. Okay. So you, again, you're probably a little too young to have appreciated it, but like before there was red zone, you'd, you'd watch your local games and then seven o'clock on Sunday, you'd see that's where you'd see the highlights of the late games and they were awesome. And that's the only place you could see all the highlights it was before NFL network, really before red zone channel. So I would watch that every Sunday religiously because I was a Seahawks fan. Like you are, they were never on. So you had to watch that to see how they were doing. And Stuart Scott got added to the broadcast for a couple of years. He wasn't on it long-term, but I wrote when I lived in North Carolina, a mock NFL primetime script, like 20 pages. And it got to Stuart Scott because my mom's coworker was friends with him. He signed it, wrote me a note, and said, maybe we'll be doing a primetime together someday. I wish I had that still. I don't know where it is. Yeah, no, that's great. I think, like, if I if I could go back, I, I wish I stored all this stuff somewhere. I, I know I have bits and pieces of, of things, but that's – Brady, that's – I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. That's textbook. Yeah, I wish that I had it, but unfortunately, I don't think that I do. Um so you get to Burlington, you're supposed to be the women's broadcaster. You, you end up on the men's side. The team's really, really good. Were you aided or were you aided by, or did it add more pressure going to a program that was so good that had history? To be honest, I didn't really feel much pressure at all. Uh, I think the, 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 the first thing I'll say is I, I felt so, comfortable from the start because I, I think I called Tom Brennan probably two weeks in when I, when yeah. I was in Burlington. So my he, boy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my boy, Tom Brennan. <laughs> he took me out. I can't remember the, the name of the place, but he, he took me out to eat immediately. And uh, we sat down, had a great conversation. And so then I'd show up at a couple of practices and, and TB was there and, and really just, that was, that was the big icebreaker. And, and it made it a, a whole heck of a lot easier for me. Someone that, you know, just got out of school and finished up a, a summer job with the St. Cloud Rocks in Minnesota, summer collegiate baseball team. So I, I don't think there necessarily was pressure uh, and and to be able to be welcomed in by such a tremendous, a tremendous athletic department uh, that, uh, that you know, let me call games and, 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 and do my thing. And I certainly appreciated that. Quarantine has been tough on everybody in college sports, you know, are starting to come back. We see with football and some others um, and other conferences. How were you? Because you've done minor league baseball most summers or summer league baseball. What did you do this summer to keep yourself occupied, to keep getting better, to stay sharp? Yeah. So uh, a number of things, Brady, to, <laughs> to just 
sugarcoated here. I, I'll, I'll go in depth a little bit though. I uh, originally, like at the beginning of quarantine, I really started to uh, create these handwritten game boards for NBA 2K6. Yeah. I went back in time and, and did a couple of, uh, of games, you know, with the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal, the, the, the dynamic duo there. And, and, so uh, did you let the computer play and you broadcasted it, or did you yeah, play yeah. it and broadcast no, no, it? I did, I did not play it. That would be that would be way too hard. And and <laughs> to begin with, I'm horrific at, at any type of video game, <laughs> except for maybe SSX Tricky back in the day. But I, I will say I did I did gain a lot from just doing that. You know, just yeah. pr- practicing, uh, trying to feel like I'm I'm on the air. I'm calling a game, and so I I. You know, I set it up where there there were it was the computer playing the computer and 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 essentially called the game. And I actually got on Skype with a buddy of mine, Drew Carter, who's down working in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, right now. And we would we would call the game together. Right? I was starting out doing it solo, and then uh, he and I would would do some games here and there. Uh, but haven't done much of that recently. Uh, that's how I've I've been able to stay sharp though uh, at the at the start of quarantine. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been really hard. I think one thing that I've done because I have felt uncertain at times, I've felt some self-doubt at times, like I'm sure so many people have during this, this year is I have tried to find something that is outside of my, my career to tap into. And and one of those things has been running. Uh, I have, I have logged over 400 miles since I, since I, uh, you know, since basically quarantine started actually mid April, to be exact, is when I started using this app Strava, and I and I have gone running almost probably between five six times every single week. Uh, I have gotten to the point where I'm consistently doing about four miles a day. Uh, sometimes I'll stretch it out to five. My longest is seven point six, and uh, I don't know where this will take me. I I know that there's the saying where you know live life with no regrets. I do regret Brady that I I didn't find this potential huh. in earlier, earlier on in my life. I, I, I do regret it because I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. And, uh, it's something that I, I don't know if, you know, I'm going to run a marathon someday, who knows, but I, I think like one of the things that's helped me keep my mental state afloat because it has been up and down is running and, and finding that sense of accomplishment in something. And, and what a better thing to do than than running when you know we have to we have to physically distance ourselves from people. So Vermont City Marathon next Memorial Day weekend. You want to run half? I'll run half. <laughs> hey, uh, I I need a reason to come back. I need to come back to Burlington sooner rather than later. So uh, maybe. I see what you haven't gotten into in quarantine is haircuts. Your hair looks far different than it did when you were here. When you were yeah. here, it was very tight, little flip yeah. up there. It was very, very well, tight. This is this is going a little bit for you. Right. That's that's what it uh, normally is. It's it's how it's supposed to be, right? But <laughs> 2020 is the year of uh, just, I mean, it's, it's upside down. And uh, I have not gotten a haircut since late February, I believe. Uh, originally, wow. yeah, yeah. I have not gotten a haircut since late February. And I... You know, at the beginning, it was obviously because of the coronavirus, and I, I was living with my my parents for the first three months or so of, of this, uh, and I just obviously didn't want to 
go out anywhere at all. I mean, I was super cautious at the beginning and I, I still am really cautious right now as well. Uh, but you know, even though barbershops are open, I, I still haven't gotten, mm. you know, gotten into the mindset of, Hey, I'm going to go get a haircut, uh, letting, letting the hair grow for the time being. I think when I call my first game, I'll probably get a haircut before that. But, uh, yeah, I think on top of the fact that I'm, I, I found this, uh, running journey and, 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 and haven't gotten a haircut since, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm just, I'm just keeping it going for now. What's the status right now at Wingate? Are you guys playing right now? Are you going to be playing soon? What's the status? Yeah. So, uh, this is my third year at Wingate, by the way, crazy. Yep. That it's, it's, it is my third year. I, I didn't think I'd be here for this long, but I certainly have, uh, really appreciated everything that I have gotten from this university first and foremost. Uh, yeah. everybody has been extremely, extremely helpful to me. And, and, and I'll just say that right off the top and, and, uh, shout out to the one dog family. They're, <laughs> they're special. Uh, so our fall sports are, are postponed. Uh, our fall sports uh, are postponed until the spring. Uh, but we did announce last week that the men's and women's basketball seasons will start, are scheduled to start November 21st. Uh, that's the earliest that, that the South Atlantic Conference can start competition. So we're on track to, to start uh, and, and official practices will begin sometime in, in late October. So that's a good sign. Uh, there's a lot of, of health and safety procedures that are going to be in place. In fact, I actually did just just did a podcast on on uh, the Wingate Athletics platform behind a bulldog with our uh, director of sports medicine. He also has an extremely lengthier title than that. Uh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll just say that there there are a lot of procedures in place, and uh, you know I, I think every college in the country is going through a whole bunch of of uh, stuff right now when it comes to figuring out what's what's going to be where how things are going to go but yeah that's where where we sit right now and uh I've, I've been going into the office a little bit here and there and uh everybody's wearing a mask and, and we're we're physically distancing ourselves so it is weird but uh you know we're doing the best we can and then on top of that i am also didn't think this was going to happen curveball i am uh i'm pursuing a master's degree in sports management uh, agent I, Sam Hyman, agent to the stars. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since I've opened a textbook, but I have, I, I feel like I am way more engaged in a textbook than I, than I had been in years past when I was, uh, you know, in high school and in undergrad, I was so focused on just the, the career, the extracurriculars. And, and now that there is some time, I, I'm diving back and, and opening the textbook, um, so I'm, I, yes, I am a graduate assistant in the athletic communications department uh, for the for the 2020-2021 season. Well, congrats to you, man. That's very, very cool. Um, I wanted to ask you this because uh, I think you're one of few people that can appreciate this in the way that I do. Now, you haven't been around Anthony Lamb in the last two years, obviously, that you've been gone, but you remember him as a freshman, and I remember him as a freshman, too, as a very soft-spoken, a guy that – wasn't a great interview just because he hadn't had the experience of doing it. What do you remember about young Anthony Lamb versus what you've seen kind of from afar now? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, I remember coming into my, my first year, this guy's legit. This guy's unbelievable. I mean, his, his ceiling is through the roof. He's got so much potential and, uh, 
you know, seeing his story, seeing his journey, uh, it's unbelievable. I, I think he is, I believe he is down in Atlanta right now working out with uh, some folks. I saw a YouTube clip of Anthony Lamb working out with Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter. Oh, cool. Uh, and so, I mean, that, that just goes to show you where he's at right now. So uh, from freshman year, Anthony Lamb to, to right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He's the, one of the best to ever come through Catamount country. And he's a very, very personable guy. I, I remember, uh, I think it was last year. He, he just, uh, Instagram video called me at a random time before the game, before the season and, and just wanted to check in and say hi. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a really, really nice, nice young man. And talent wise, Brady, I mean, you saw what he did in Catamount Country. Yeah. I mean, it's special. You know, him as a freshman, Kurt Steidel as a senior, Trey Ball Haynes is there as a junior. That team that goes to the tournament unbeaten in conference play goes to the tournament, plays Purdue, almost wins that game, might win it if Kurt Steidel doesn't tear his ACL right before the half there. What was that experience like for you as a first-time first time broadcaster, you know, first-time professional broadcaster going to the NCAA tournament? What was that like for you? Special. Uh, thankful. Where was that game again, by the way? Was that at West? That was in – we were in Milwaukee. Okay, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Uh, And quick side note, I I don't know what it was on the plane. We we rode – we flew on this incredibly massive charter plane. And uh, this has never happened to me. My ears started popping. And so when we landed, I like – it was like I had – you know how when you have water in your ear, you hear – it's just a weird sound? Yeah. I essentially, that's how I, that's what it felt like when I was talking. So I, I called the game, not only by myself, but with this weird, I couldn't necessarily hear the full, huh. full projection in my voice when I was calling that game. I'm sure nobody else was able to tell that, but myself, because internally it was just, it was just weird. Uh, but you know, I was courtside and it was unbelievable. Uh, they, they played their, their butts off. Vermont did. It was very close at halftime, you know, going up against Caleb Swanigan, going up against Isaac Haas, shutting down Isaac Haas, big 7-2 center, um, Vince Edwards. You know, Carson Edwards hadn't even broken out. Yeah, I think he was a stronger at the time. And so uh, it was unbelievable to experience, but not just the game, Brady. It it wasn't just the game. It was was being around the, the staff on that stage, being at the practice at the Bradley center, being around the guys and seeing how, how much the moment meant to them, I think was more gratifying than, than what it meant to me. Honestly, was that the second trip to Milwaukee that year or was it the following year they played Marquette? Yeah. So it was the following year. We, we ended okay. up going, going back there and, and playing, uh, Marcus Howard, who I, I think he had like thirty plus in that game. It was actually that was, that was a game. Steph Smith's coming out party. That was that was shout out to Steph Smith. That was Steph Smith's coming out party. He he, uh, I think he had like t- at least twenty plus for yeah. sure in that game. What uh, conversely, the next year, one year later, I. You and I had talked, and maybe it wasn't official, but I think you knew that that was going to be your last year at UVM because at the time you were said you were so focused on the career, you were thinking about the next step always. 
So I think you were really looking forward to an NCAA tournament trip again to kind of propel yourself also more into the national conversation. And then the team loses to UMBC at the buzzer. What was that like for you, the professional who was looking to get to the NCAA tournament yourself, but also just being a part of the team? Yeah, uh, a, a tale of, of two endings, right? My first year, we, we go 16-0, and 0 and my final call of, of the America's Championship, dancing, the Catamounts are dancing <laughs> for the sixth time yeah. in history. And, and then to go from that to uh, to to the following year, it, it was pure heartbreak. And, and as somebody that was the voice of the team, it was even harder. And I think – I haven't listened back to the call in quite some time, but it, you go back and, and you listen to the way that I, I sound and you can definitely, it's, it's a gut punch. It, yeah. it's, it's a straight gut punch. And I was, you know, I was courtside watching it and, and uh, you know, Jarris Lyles pulls up top of the key and, and hits the shot. Just, just hurt. And I felt for, I felt for the team. I, I, I felt for the team and, and you could sense that I felt for the team right off the bat with my, with the, the way that I, I sounded. And it was just, it was, it was devastating. It was heartbreaking, but you know, at the same time, you've got to go through some of those lows to, to reach highs and, and, and find out about yourself. And, and that was a, a, a learning moment for me as well. Well, I'll get you out of here on this question. I'd like to ask everybody, it's going to be a little tougher for you because you're only here for two years, but next time you get to come back to town, Number one place you're going to stop to eat is where? That's uh, I, I tell you what, I have to go back to the the Windjammer. Yes. Oh, and it's convenient because they were the sponsor of the uh, they were the sponsor of about everything when you were here. Yeah. I, well, I have to go back to the Windjammer. I, I I don't know if you know this. I I actually worked part time at the Windjammer, so. Oh, that's right. To, Macy's, Macy's was year one for you, and uh, Windjammer was year two. And by the way, I have to say, there are certain places and certain commercials I will hear still that I will never not think of you. Like, <laughs> So in my mind now, I hear a commercial, and all I can hear is you saying, Monument Farms Dairy, try yeah. the near coffee milk today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, Monument Farms Dairy, that was that was one of them. Uh Yes, but I got I got to go back to the Windjammer. Got to see my my friends at the Windjammer. Uh, tremendous food, tremendous burgers, and uh, also shout out to Skinny Pancake as well. That's a that's a good spot too. Your Monument Farms Dairy media timeout. Monument Farms Dairy located in Weybridge, Vermont. Try their new coffee milk today. Yeah, yeah, you, so. you, you know it better than me right now. <laughs> well, you probably have a lot more commercials that you've done in the last two and a half, three years or whatever. But, uh, yeah. oh, actually, I got to ask you one last question before I let you go. Because of your baseball background, weren't you in Columbia when Tebow was playing in Columbia? What was Tebow mania like at the minor league level? I got to know that. Yeah, I was. And uh, I'm sure that you, you, you can – you can get the same answer from Kevin Fitzgerald, who I worked with in Columbia, South Carolina, calling the games. Uh, it was, it was like almost like a movie going to to the road sites. Uh, yeah. because we'd go to these really old school venues, and it, they would be heavily populated. I mean, all of these places we would go would have. Uh, 
sell out crowds. You know, we're waiting 20, 25 minutes after the game on the bus for Tebow to finish his autographs and, and everything. And he was so gracious of, of everyone. I mean, it wasn't like Tim would, uh, say, you know, this is the minor leagues. I can just walk from clubhouse to the bus and, uh, not do this every time. Excuse me. He, he was, uh, super gracious of his time. And, uh, it was, we got a lot of media attention, uh, and, and shout out to team president, John Katz and, and the staff at, in Columbia for putting together a, a terrific 2017 season. I mean, that year we also hosted the, the all-star game. So it was, it was nuts. It was insane. And Tim Tebow, uh, was a pleasure to be around. He was, he was certainly a, a great person. He's a great person. And, uh, we, we blew the attendance numbers out of the water, not, not only, you know, at home, but, but also on the road. Well, I don't know where in the last two years you've developed the uh, affinity for saying shout out, but you said it about seven times. I love when people say that shout out. So shout out Sam Hyman, former UVM basketball broadcaster, now at Wingate. He was part of a Catamount team that went to the NCAA tournament against Purdue. Sam, appreciate a man, appreciate your uh, honesty, transparency, stay healthy physically, and uh, good luck at Wingate, man. We'll be following you along. Thanks so much, Brady. And for everybody, go out, register to vote. And uh, Brady, I look forward to to catching up with you soon. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Keep it up. Keep up the great work you're doing.